<laughs> Hello, welcome to Boss Women, a podcast about women, comedy and business. My name's Katie and this is my mum, Karen. <laughs> Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said. So, Karen, do you want to introduce your rhetorical <coughs> today? Um, I am absolutely honoured and pleased to have here with us today Henry Naylor. <laughs> Henry Naylor, um, I got to know uh, initially in 1990 when he was in the Cambridge Footlights. Oh dear. <laughs> and then he um, formed a partnership with Andy Parsons, Parsons and Naylor, a very successful partnership. And he also became head writer at Spitting Image, and then he moved into playwriting. He is married to the wonderful and very talented Sarah Can- Ken Kendall. <laughs> he is married to the very talented Sarah Kendall, and we'd like to welcome Henry Naylor. Hello, and before we go into all of your recent stuff, I want you to reminisce about the good old days, ah. the 90s, uh, and what your memories of the Gilda Balloon was back, oh back then. Oh my god, yeah, no, I used to love it. I, I mean, uh, in fact, I mean, because I've worked with the, I mean, I, you know, I'm going to have to do a personal disclosure. I know you guys <laughs> too really well. Yeah. I've done... I've done I've only show, I've done about ten shows with you guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? I know. Uh, and um, so I, I literally the first shows I did were when I was a spotty, stinky student. <laughs> uh, I used to come in and uh, we used to do shows in the the, uh, the old Gildan Balloon before it burnt down. Down uh, in the Cowgate, yes, oh, the bowls of Edinburgh. I have to say I used to love those gigs in the the uh, old Gildan Balloon. That bar in there, I used to get, honestly when I was a student, I used to get so drunk it would be ashamed of uh, my yeah. former self. Um, but but yeah, there's some fantastic nights there and uh, yeah I used to cause a bit of trouble didn't I? I used to have stickers on which were like a speech bubble which used to say I'd rather watch Parsons and Naylor really? we put these speech bubbles on everybody's posters and we used to, people used to get so irate yeah. but but literally the first we did that with our first ever show in Edinburgh and it sold out purely mm-hmm. on the strength of these stickers. one of the things Henry Naylor is very famous for is his marketing, marketing. <laughs> his marketing oh, is fantastic yeah, yeah. it's because I'm a nuisance basically <laughs> I push it just yeah. <laughs> Far enough. Yes. When I get real in every and We can't yeah, get exactly. angry at him, can we? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> get all coquettish and that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, those days in the Cambridge Footlights, uh, who was in the Cambridge Footlights with Sue you? Perkins. Uh, Andy Parsons, of course. Uh, Nicola Walker, who's now, um, I think she won uh, She won an Olivier recently. Oh, really? Um, uh, who else do we have? Uh, so Mel Gedroyd wasn't in it. Oh yeah, well, she was, but not. On, she didn't come out on the, the, the Edinburgh show. Right. Uh, in, and it was before Mitchell and Webb and, and all that. And Ben Miller. Ben Miller, of course. Of course, Ben Who Miller. I discovered. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. There you go. That was quite. Uh, I remember Sue Perkins um, coming in very, very drunk one day because she thought it was her day off, <laughs> <laughs> and we had to cancel. The show. Oh, really? I know. I- do you remember that? No, that was that was a year after me, but uh, oh, that was so you did it in 1990, so it was 91 they did that. Yes, so all these, and then you were head writing writer for Spitting Image because of your political. Well, I kind of drifted into that a bit because I used to, I mean, I was spotted here, I think, at the Gilded Balloon by Griffrey's Jones, who came to. 
to see uh, our show and he said can, can I come and write for them and mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I wrote for Smith and Jones and he was an incredibly generous guy with his time mm -hmm. he used to he sort of you know very much sort of tutored Andy and myself in writing and, and um, uh, we were like uh, their support act on tour for Smith and Jones and he used to get videos out of people like Morecambe and Wise and just stick them on the telly and saying, now the problem with these, uh, with Mork uh, with Morkham Wise, is they, they look they look at the way they're interacting. And he, he used, uh, and, and it was like, he had this great brain, who was a fantastic writer, tutoring you in writing comedy. And, yeah, and so amazing. That was great. You know, it advanced Sundays in my career a lot, that, I think. Mm -hmm. And actually, one of the reasons that you are our token male guest... <laughs> you are a token <laughs> male. ...is that you are very sympathetic to the women's movement, and you... Um, write so brilliantly for women. Um, tell me why, how, how? How do you understand women so well? Well, it's, I've always been surrounded by very strong women. In fact, in fact I, I, one year I should tell the story of my family because it, it, there's an, it's an incredible story. I mean, my family makes sewer pipes and they've... <laughs> well, uh, there you go, that's a comedy show right know, there. People yeah. have always said, ah, oh, you're full of shit anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> comedy. Um, but, uh, and... Uh, the, the, it, it's an extraordinary tale. I mean, it was it, it's been, the business has been in the family for 150 years, mm -hmm. uh, and um, there was a situation in the 40s when uh, the factory burned down. Uh, it, it was completely burnt to the ground, uh, and um, my grandfather said, "Right," he said, "It was straight after the war." He said, it, uh, "We'll be okay here so long as I can get some government contracts to uh, to you know for rebuilding work." So he went to he went to London, got sort of um, you know got got a government contract to, for, to you know to make some building work. Sure. And on the way home, he was killed in a car crash. Oh no! So he had these contracts in his pocket to rebuild the factory, Jesus. Uh, which would have rebuilt the factory, and he was killed. And, and, and my my grandmother um, was met on the door by a policeman, who just uh, just he knocked on the door and went, "Your husband's dead," <gasps> and told her that bluntly. Uh, and she, you know, she's very much a, a lady, and, and, and uh, you know, this is heavy industry and stuff. And, and women at the time weren't expected to, you know, yeah. weren't captains of industry in those days. Sure. Uh, and um, so she didn't know quite what to do. And she thought, well, do I let the factory, you know, do I let it go? And she went, she went no. She said, I'm going to try and keep this going. Mm -hmm. and, and did she get the contract that were in his pocket? Yeah. And 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 they rebuilt it and sort of really? uh, and so. She was an incredibly tough woman, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, and sort of, uh, you know, built the factory up from from nothing, and, and it's still getting today. My brother has, has taken it over now. I couldn't do it. I've got no business acumen whatsoever. <laughs> but it's interesting that, that you ended up going to Cambridge. Uh, yeah. You know, um, while the others are, are, you know. Oh no, my brother. No, believe you me, my brother went there. My brother came second in the country in chartered accountancy. He's, he's right? a very, very bright lad. <laughs> so. Uh, and uh, he, he, he's obvious we're brothers. We've got all the same mannerisms, we talk exactly the same. Uh, but oh, I've met him actually, I yeah. remember. He looks very like you. Well, kind of. Yeah, kind, kind of. of. It's, it's I think a, it's the way we move. Yeah, it's isn't a similarity. Yeah. Uh, and, but, but he runs it now. Is he older or younger? Uh, he's older, mm. three years older. Yeah. He's got hair, though. <laughs> annoyed about that. <laughs> um, but uh, my, uh, but so as a result, I've always had strong women in, my, uh, you know, my family. My wife is is a comedian called Sarah Kendall, mm. and she is fantastic. And when yeah. I started 
writing plays, she just said, don't be just one of these male writers who just write parts for men. She mm-hmm. said, look, there's a lot of brilliant female comics in that now, a lot of brilliant female actors who can't get the work. And mm-hmm. she said, y- you know, if you're going to go on this, this yeah. journey of That's doing, cool. doing plays, d- just don't fall into that, to that trap and you'll get the best actors around. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there aren't enough parts of women. So I started writing parts of women, and, and sure enough, I think the actors I've had doing yeah. my plays have been terrific. Yeah, and been your, your sympathy to women is, you know, you just seem to get into their brain. I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe Sarah helped you a lot when you talk, you know, she'll read them over. And but I don't, I, don't, I don't see, I mean, I, I mean, I've had this before, but the, the, the job of a playwright is to be empathetic, is to understand how somebody thinks. Yeah. yeah. And if you're a, a, a male writer and you can only write for men, then you're not a very good playwright. No. Yeah. You know, you, you, you've, uh, uh, the job is to understand people from, you, you yeah. know, from what, whatever uh, culture or gender, whatever. You've got, you have to understand that if you're going to create uh, real characters. And I think that is one of the the most important and defining characteristic of a playwright is mm-hmm. empathy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have empathy, I don't think you'd be a good playwright. Mm-hmm. And how, but how do you actually do that in real life as understanding the character inside out? Is it just through research and yeah. talking to people and really? Well, it's a fabulous time now because like with the internet, you can find out anything. Mm-hmm. And like I did a play a few years ago about Jihadi Brides yeah. and uh, the lead character in it was a 17 year old schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was a 48-year-old bloke. And, <laughs> yeah. um, this but, is for Echoes. This is for Echoes. And, and to, but to get... It was quite easy. Well, not easy. It was a lot of hard work. But I, it, it was... The materials are online to be able to understand the mentality of people. Because, like, you, you know, you can see... At the time, I could see jihadi brides talking to each other online. Really? You know, some of them were openly talking on Facebook. Wow. And so you can... You know, you could get into the rhythms of, of their speech yeah. and the way they, they spoke and, and, and their attitudes and their beliefs that way. And, and you know, and I, know I, I met a lot of people. Uh, I mean, one of my, my sources on there was, a, 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 you know, an ex-jihadi who was, uh, you know, very helpful in terms of explaining the, the mentality and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I, 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 and I find when I'm with plays, what I do is I tend to research like mad. I'll research for about six months mm-hmm. and not write anything. Mm-hmm. And then you hit a point where you know the characters so well, they, they literally start talking to you in your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and when I start having arguments with them, when I'm walking <laughs> down the street, and it, it must look, I must look like a nutter <laughs> walking down the street because, like, sometimes, you know, I've got the facial... Yeah, things going on. You know, Sarah said that before. She just, you know, she said, "You do realise you're going down the street, gurning away." And I didn't realise, you know. And uh, and um, but when it, when I start having those arguments with the character, I know I'm ready to write. Yeah, because yeah. Like, I know they've got. Yeah, I know I'm thinking. You can put them on yeah. the page yeah. Yeah, more yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, sorry, Katie. No, no. Um, just well, you might want to talk to talk about before Arabian Nightmares, but. What I always find fascinating about you, Henry, is the subject matters that you choose. How on earth do you decide what you're going to write about and how do you find these in- incredible stories that you're writing about? What Katie's talking about is Arabian Nightmares. You you wrote a trilogy of plays uh, that are about the conflicts um, in the Far East. Yeah. And what, yeah, exactly, what made you... 
Well, it's mainly. Been, I mean, my background has mainly been a satirical and news-based yeah. comedy. So I, I wrote for Spitting Image, like like you, you mentioned in your intro. And yeah. Andy and I did a, a a radio series which went on for. We had nine series on, on the BBC in the, wow. the, the mid noughties yeah, yeah, on Radio mm-hmm. Two, and it was all about the week's news. And so, I've always had strong opinions about things. Of course. Uh, and I think as a result it's, it's just finding something that gets me really angry that I feel or, or something that I feel isn't being expressed mm-hmm. that I feel needs to be in the public domain so like like with the story of um, like like with Echoes you know the Jihadi Brian's one mm-hmm. I, at the time people were talking a lot about London schoolgirls going out to Syria to be brides mm-hmm. in the basement right. but no one was really saying why yeah and I kind of, I wanted to know why. I kind of thought, why, why would you sort of, what would it look like to me was ostensibly give up your freedom mm-hmm. like that. So I, sure. I wanted to find that out. So that was just a, a matter of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, I, and in the course of my research of that, I just by complete fluke read a book about uh, the Brits in Afghanistan and found out that a lot of the things that the Brits were doing were the same, when they were setting up the colonies were the yeah. same as what, ISIS was doing out in, in the Far East, and and, I, and and you know, and I thought we were being very judgy when Britain has been based a lot. Of Britain has been based on violence, so sure. so I, I drew the parallels between the two. So it's a process of being interested in something and then stumbling across it. I mean, this I've got one at the moment called Games, which is the show which we're doing at the Gilda Balloon this year, Edinburgh. And um, the actress in it is an actress called Avital Lavova, who's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's a phenomenal uh, actress. She, she's yeah. uh, German-Jewish. And, and we were sat in a bar in a weird place in Cape Verde. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't know anybody there. We were, we were doing a festival there. Uh, and so it's just me and her stuck in a bar. And poor her, you know, this glamorous young 25-year-old stuck <laughs> with this 50-year-old bloke. And, um, but anyway, I said to her, look, I should write something for you uh, for next year. And I said, let's write something especially for you. German Jewish, you're built like an athlete. Let's just mm-hmm. type that into a Google search. And we typed it. And this story pinged up about uh, an athlete called Helena Meyer who was the only uh, Jewish member of the 1936 German Nazi Olympic squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, she was carrying the entire hopes of a people on her shoulders. And, and, you know, what an incredible story for drama. So, mm-hmm. you know, finding it was, again, that was just stumbling across. It, well, it kind of, you know, calculated stumbling across oh, the yeah. story. Yeah. But, but yes, and that's the kind of thing, thing, thing that we do. But I mean, I, I'm keen to write something on, uh, you know, I've got to be in my bonnet about Brexit. <laughs> so I want to write something on that. And, mm. and I, I'm sure when I start researching another story of people. Yeah. When, um, after you wrote Echoes, um, you had a wonderful actress called Philippa Bricansa in it, and you wrote a play for her, Angel. Tell us how that came about. Ah, oh, uh, well, Philippa is uh, Philippa was was uh, somebody that we went on tour with. She was in Echoes, mm-hmm. and it was amazing actually. We we, we kind of stumbled across her mm-hmm. in that I wrote this Jihani Bryce character, but I didn't know anybody who who could play it. It was a very specific thing. And the director Michael Cabot, he did a lot of teaching in the London uh, drama schools, and he said, "Have a look at this girl," and, and we he got Philippa in. And when she first turned up, she was a bit, she was raw, and I thought, have oh, we cast the right person, and, mm-hmm. and all that. And then, 
she was somebody that kept always kept trying new bits out, kept trying new bits out. And she start, and the other actress called Felicity Holbrook was a consummate professional. Mm-hmm. She turned up on day one, newer lines, uh, and did this fabulous performance, which didn't yeah. really change much. She made all her artistic decisions before we almost yeah. started directing it. Sure. And I think that was sort of Philippa, who was straight from drama school, was a bit like, ooh, a bit sort of In intimidating. Yeah. yeah. And, and so she started working really, really hard, and her performances. When she first started out, I thought, yeah, I don't know. And, and then she just became mm-hmm. unbelievably good. Yeah. Like, you, you know, and I think people in the industry were, were, were saying, God, she's a star, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they could see, and, and to the level that you thought she's going to end up in Hollywood. Yeah. Because she had the lot. She's a very good looking girl. Mm-hmm. She's uh, utterly charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very Incredibly fun. talented. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And not just at that, she could sing, yeah, she, she could play four instruments. She could paint. And yeah, oh, you know. And uh, Is that part of your process is working? Because you could say that Philippa became a muse for you and then, you know, Vita's done the same. Is Do you like writing for somebody? Yeah, I, I mean, that's one thing. I, and part of my process is to cast somebody first mm-hmm. and to tailor make the script for them. Yeah. So that makes the character really real because mm-hmm. there's no acting involved you, you end up just sort of well you know that's, that's unfair on the actor but, yeah. but sort of like I, I write very much for things that are convincing sure so uh, I think when people see that see the actors on stage it, it feels like a living breathing person and that's because like I've written things which uh, in yeah, the rehearsal process if there's a line that doesn't ring true mm-hmm. of that person that actor performing I'll cut it out and write them a new one yeah, until yeah. Till it feels real. Well, and often, actually, I'll, I'll employ the director at the very last stage. You yeah. know, I'll have gone through the writing stage with the actor, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll have got, you know, we've created the character, and then we get somebody into to stage it and, and yeah. work it. So off. tell us about the process of writing Angel and working with Philippa. Um, well, we, we were just on tour. It's one of those things. I was just, what was nice about I mean, Philippa was a very smart woman. She, she um, was very political. And we used to have loads of political debates on tour and stuff like this. And so when I was writing Angel, uh, we, you know, we were talking about what, what would you do if ISIS turned out on your backyard? And you know, both Philip and I were pacifists. And I, was, and, I was, and I was sort of saying, yeah, but if somebody was in my backyard, what would I do? How would I respond to that? Uh, and, and that debate that we were having sort of came through into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that particular piece is a very personal piece for me. I mean, sort of, she's in mm-hmm. the show because yeah. there's a lot of the look, there's a lot of the debates we had. Sure, uh, were in there and and um, just to explain what Angel's about. Oh, it's about it's about an extraordinary true story about a young um, law student. Who, uh, who, when ISIS attacked her, her hometown of Kobani, she gave up her studies to fight them. So mm-hmm. she gave up sort of fighting the rule of law for mm-hmm. the rule of the gun. And uh, in real life, this woman uh, apparently shot the hundred members of ISIS. Mm-hmm. And, and Kobani was an, an incredibly important battle because like, that was the turning point. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, everybody wrote it off. I think Washington said I was going to fall within two days. And, and, and the Kurds fought and fought and fought and, and, and drove them back um, and instrumental to this with a YPJ the, the, the female fighting force and 
what was a phenomenal uh, and, and, and we didn't understand in the West was just how many women were on the front line there. Mm. And there was 35% of the defenders of Kobani were women, yeah. uh, which is higher than any Western army. Sure. Um, and so, um, you know, I thought this, this is a, a fabulous thing for Philippa mm-hmm. uh, to do as well, because she was very much, uh, uh, you know, she's very feminist, she's very mm-hmm. strong, she's very principled in her, her political beliefs mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of, you know, stood up for them. And so that's why we, we uh, came up with this piece. And I, I don't know if any, I mean, uh, I, I, uh, her performance in that was so extraordinary. I mean, I, I give out flyers for my shows and stuff like that. I'm still, you know, two years later, I'm getting people coming up almost in tears saying, mm-hmm. oh, she was great and, yeah. and all that. No, not, a lot of not knowing that she's since yeah. passed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so her, her performance in that really resonated. I honestly yeah. think it's one of the best performances I've seen at the Fringe. And yeah. I'm not just saying that because she was in my show. No, no, She, she was amazing. And she, uh, you know, just little things. She turned up and started doing it in a Syrian accent. And... <laughs> On stage, and, and I didn't know, I didn't know she'd been studying it sort of at home, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, just her sensitivity was absolutely oh, incredible, wonderful. Mm-hmm. and her comedy timing. Yeah, I mean, one thing that you are very good at is is um, the emotions through your plays, where and you bring some comedy into it. And uh, Philippa did great comedy within. Angel, it was it was an absolute incredible yeah, performance, yeah. and uh, a woman with such sensitivity. And we, all of us sitting here, had such great hopes for her because we believed that she was going to become a big Hollywood star. She was absolutely stunning. She's one, one of the one of the great people. So we've been a fantastic ambassador for the industry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's taking us on then to mental health. Mm. Um, which we haven't really touched on uh, with no, women. Yeah. Um, she died in Australia um, October 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were touring her, uh, she was in Echoes, we had recast Felicity's character and she had asked for um, a month off after she finished yeah, she um, so she could do some travelling. And towards the end of that, um, what happened, Henry? I don't, I mean, th- there was, well, I don't want to talk about t- too much no. about the personal reasons why, why she no. took the choices she did. Yeah. But um, there was a lot of stuff happening in her personal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, I don't know, I, th- I think, and this is something that I, I'm trying to guard mm-hmm. and trying to watch out for my friends I think she was somebody that underneath was uh, possibly depressive yeah yeah. well she was yeah. uh, and, and but none of us saw it that's the thing but this is it and, mm-hmm. and that's why I think and I think actually when you see people who are talking about being maybe suicidal mm-hmm. and stuff like that they are in some way coping with a Unhappiness and sure. coping with the stresses because they're, let, they're they're finding an outlet for it by telling you that. I think Philippa was a very selfless person, and when she, she felt was, unhappiness, 
uh, and, w- and when the, 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 the darkness was descending upon her she didn't want to impose that on other people yeah. so she internalised it all yeah I agree uh, and um, so and one of the reasons why I think she's a phenomenal actress she'd been struggling with this and she was hiding it mm-hmm. and she was wearing a mask she was a lot of the time, time yeah. uh, and I, I think you know we all knew her very well I don't think any of us saw this and I think the reason and that and that was because she was just very very good at hiding it and so I think you know for me personally I I now try and sort of you know just when I sort of say are you alright you mate you know that sort of just check that they're really alright yeah yeah exactly you actually mean it when you you know because we having women on the road as it were Mm -hmm. um you know, we want to support them and look after them and we believe that everything's fine. And, um, yeah, so sadly she went through a very dark period and there was no one there to help her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she committed suicide mm-hmm. in Australia. Yeah. And oh, it's, it was, it's awful. And we it just, was yeah. the worst thing ever and we felt helpless, didn't we? We, we It was just such a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. And... We we still feel her. We, you know, you think about her all the time, don't yeah. we? Yeah. yeah, especially in this business where you're going through a fringe and then you do other fringes around the world that we've that we've done with her. You just oh, the memory still sticks around. And I mean, you set up an award in her honour, which I think is yes, yeah, fabulous. Really, it's fabulous. Yeah, and it's really deserving of you know her spirit living on throughout this process. And we've we've become quite close with her mother. Mm-hmm. Her mother has gone through so much and is a wonderful woman, isn't mm. she? Yeah. And you've you've met her. We haven't met her yet. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, because that's why you were in Cape Verde because her brother um, wanted uh, Angel. Yeah, yeah. That, what, what they did. I mean, sort of like um, her brother was an NGO, mm-hmm. and he. Um, uh, he was What's working an NGO? I'm sorry. Uh, non-government organisation working. So oh, right. it's, it's things like charity. Uh, it works for charity organisation. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he was uh, he was working out in Cape Verde, and uh, he's working very closely with somebody who uh, Joel Branco, who set up an art centre for for kids who wouldn't normally able to be afford to be able to get into the arts, sure. uh, and. They named a section of the theatre. I think they, I, don't, I don't know. I think I might have got this wrong, but I think the family made a donation to this art centre. Yeah. And they named a section of it after Philippa. So her memory's always there, and mm-hmm. and Philippa knew it well, and she she worked out there a lot. And, yeah. And um, uh, so yeah, that's the reason why they got us out there was with having an open angel yeah. over there, didn't you? Yeah. Which, uh, was, which was with um, uh, Vita doing it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Avital uh, Lavolva again, who, when when you put her on in London, uh, because Philippa was supposedly coming home to perform at um, Angel in London, uh, yeah. wasn't she? There was a uh, what was the theatre again? The, the Arcola. Arcola. Yeah. The Arcola, yes. Yeah. So she was coming home to perform that, and of course we had to cancel it, etc. But. And then you found the other actress, uh, Avital, and when we went to see that performance in London mm. the first night, it was incredible oh, because it was, was so yeah. different. It was 
I mean, she took a completely different take on it. Yeah. It needed to be there. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, I, of could, course. I, I, I mean, I have to say, I found that for, for, for a, a, I'm still finding it different. I'm still processing it. Mm. But um, the first time Avital did it on stage, uh, that, that I saw the, the full performance was mm. in Adelaide, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's hard. I, I I I have to say I, I don't know. I found that very hard. Mm. I found that very hard because hard. Angel was written for Philippa, and the thing that I am so um, not pleased we did, but we filmed. Um, Philippa's performance at the Gilded Balloon mm-hmm. yeah. and we have that and you've only just looked at it again uh, recently oh she you, was good oh, oh it my was, god it oh, is oh, amazing oh, to see oh my god yeah just amazing so I know it is just something that I, I I'm always every time there's something terrible happens you know it you have. To, I always get up and start doing things, and right, let's be practical, you know. Mm-hmm. And but it's something that now just lives within us, and um, I think of her so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, and uh, you know, but if nothing else, just she was just a really good mate. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she know, was wonderful. Just a really good mate. And yeah. she was. And, and I'm I'm so pleased that you're helping us with the Philippa Brickenza well, Award. Well thank, you. well, thank you for setting it up. Honestly, um, it's for a solo performer, emerging performer. Um, and it's very, very hard for a woman, not just a woman, a person, to do a solo show. Mm-hmm. I mean, to stand up on stage and act yeah. alone without anybody, yeah. you know. And that, actually, that was the thing I, I, that was phenomenal about Philippa, mm-hmm. in that um, we had, there was no props, there was no set. It was no. just her and a wine barrel. Yeah. And she held people in just the palm of her hand for yeah. an hour, and, and it was you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. End. I think she got standing ovations pretty every much every night. night. Every yeah. night. Yeah. I remember uh, Dylan Moran and his wife uh, Elaine going to see her, and he came into the dressing room to you, and he just went over and uh, he was tears were going. <laughs> I know. I know. He came in the. He had to come in the dressing room I to know, calm he down. Was, he, yeah, he was, he was so, so, that upset. I by mean, it. he yeah. he couldn't believe the performance, yeah. mm-hmm. and that is something exceptional that we don't see every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yes, if you know, if we could have prevented it, we would have, wouldn't we? I hate when we can't be in control. It's. She, I, the thing about it is that she would she would be laughing at us now. I know, I know. Us, I know. You know, she would, you know. Yeah, but she's with us, and we will keep her memory. And her mother, um, her father was uh, dying at the time, and and did die. So she has just the brother, and her family, and everything. But she treasures all the memories of yeah. of Philippa, doesn't she? And she writes to us a lot. So we will keep in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to more hopeful things, what do you foresee? What is it you want in the future? Is the it future holds. Is it is it continuing to write for women, or do you want to write a big musical, or what is it you'd like to? <laughs> I do want to write a musical. I've been ta- I've been talking to you about that for a few years. I haven't really gone. It's, it's, it's like well, it's one of those things. It's just like with fringe budgets. I mean, I, I can't really do anything more than with one, one or two people and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I mean, I've got a music I really would like to write. Um, but 
and and also like I said Brexit one I, I nearly the thing is I've always got about two or three projects in my mind at once sure. and it's just when the deadline comes out <laughs> the, the joy of Edinburgh why I love coming to Edinburgh like, why, uh, is that every year it makes you commit one of these ideas to paper mm-hmm. and as you know Karen I've, you know I work with you every year you phone me up in April and go what are you doing this year and I go oh um, <laughs> uh, and pluck out one one of these three and the then there's mind. around about a month we can't get hold of you because your <laughs> head is just completely yeah I f- I have, actually I find that quite unhealthy about myself when I'm writing I get I can't I literally can't think about anything else and, and there's times I think I went 72 hours without sleep once to write in this oh current God, one. Uh, you, you Talking know, about just, mental health doesn't sound <laughs> so well, good just, for yourself. I can't, I can't stop yeah. writing, you know, I get obsessive with it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, I, I mean, when I'm writing a play, I can only really do it, I can't do it all, all the time. I, the Times no, has yeah. said that you are one of Britain's uh, best playwrights. Yeah, <laughs> Is that right? right? No, 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 well, that's really, yeah, no. <laughs> they have said that, have so said it must that. be true. Yeah. <laughs> and do you um, want to do a play about Brexit? Why haven't you done it yet? Because obviously you've had a couple well, of years now. Brexit is still happening, though. It's, well, it's definitely you know, happening and changing and what we've no idea what's going to happen. Well, that's part of the reason why, yeah. why uh, because it is changing so rapidly and so mm. fast, there's a danger writing something and find that we've had a referendum and it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, but also, I think... Is that, this your, is that your hope? <laughs> I do, I do hope it doesn't happen. I mean, so no, if, if nothing else, I think culturally we'll suffer. I mean, yeah. sort of like, you know, look at my, my cast at the moment. I've got a German actress is yeah. in, in the lead role. Philippa was Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, the director of uh, games is Danish. Um, you know, there's some Norwegian blood in you, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, so you, you know, I mean, I think, uh, I think having those sort of cross-cultural exchanges, which which are so easy with Europe, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, are wonderful. Really, yeah, and I think, I think the nation uh, will be poorer for it. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure politically um, now it is so. You probably can't believe what has happened in the world. It's it's just, you know, it, I mean, in the in Maggie Thatcher years, it was great for you to write about, but now it's even more ridiculous than it could ever be. Well, this is the thing. I mean, sort of like um, when we started writing the Karen play, which is about sort of anti-Semitism and the rise of the far right. Yeah. I never thought. It will be relevant to what's to the Labour Party. I know. I never, and I didn't. Think, I never thought it would be uh, be such a uh, a huge. I, I, I mean, I think it was more about the rise of the far right than, than anti-Semitism uh, was the piece. But mm. sort of like it's become the topic, and I think in a way, the, the, there's a little section of the play which I'm, I'm going to change after the festival. There's a bit where I kind of was, I'm putting a little section which is designed, this is why it's relevant. And I talked about um, one of the characters says, you know, Hitler wanted to drain the swamp of Weimar uh, and um, he wanted to make Germany great again. I was just try, trying to make it say, look, this is relevant for today. But it's now so obviously relevant for today, I don't need that section in the show. Yes. You know, whereas when I wrote it in April, I thought, you know, it did need that section. Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah, and is... that, I hope, doesn't mean that you're running away because your wonderful wife, Sarah, is <laughs> is doing a television series in, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's working on it right now. Yeah. 
So that's going to take six months. Yeah. So you're going from Edinburgh straight to Australia. No, I'm not. I'm staying at home. I'm staying. I, I'm staying at. She's, oh, she's filming. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to be uh, doing that here. But I'm in sort of. You know, I don't know. I've got a few more Edinburghs left in me. Yet, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, you know, Australia is only on the other side of the world. You can still come back. For well, it's August. true, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's amazing how the world's opened up like that. I mean, yeah. sort of like since we've been doing. I mean, it, you know, when I when you and I started out, Karen. I mean. There weren't, there were acts from Australia, but there were like two or three, weren't there? That's now, right. now you've got a Made in Adelaide festival, and there's yeah. 22 just from Adelaide. Yeah, that's right. You, you know, that's right. It's incredible, isn't it? How, yeah. and yeah, Australia has has played quite a big part in your in your plays. You've been, we've been taking it over there every year, haven't mm-hmm. we? It's yeah. funny, isn't it? And I think that the plays have done well in Australia, and partly because I I, I tend to premiere and showcase my new stuff here and then yeah. I go for a rewriting process after the festival sure so you know they pretty much get the finished yeah work by the time it's it's out there yeah um so yeah and what's your process with Sarah like do you work together quite a lot or yeah. really no no not hardly at all I mean what what will happen is though I'll write something I mean what's what she's fabulous at and I think what I hope I'm good at for her mm-hmm. is that thing when you get stuck and you think what do I do with this? And, mm-hmm. and sort of like, she was brilliant on this one when she was trying to, uh, because inevitably when, when you, when you have a play, there's a, there's a, a debate between one character and another and mm-hmm. you're working out values. And she was excellent at, in this character, in this play. We, we started having a debate about what the different characters would think, you know, over coffee. Mm-hmm. And she was, she stated, in fact, there are, there are a couple of lines that she came up with in the play. Mm-hmm. And there's always some of my jokes in her stuff, but sure. not, not many. Yeah. You know, there'll be about four or five in, in, in her hour-long show. Yeah. So, um, uh, 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 but she, we'll always get each other to read her stuff and say, I'm not making an idiot of myself here. <laughs> you know, and, and sort of <laughs> Just like... Checking. Yeah, Just Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll do a lot of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of good. And I think, in a way... The thing I learned as a playwright, which I didn't learn as a comic, was keeping your your voice pure. Mm. And I think as a comedian, I was always watching other comedians and kind of trying to work out how do you do it, how do you make things funny. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that compromised my voice rather than just listening to to my internal voice. Mm. Sure. I was kind of like I treated it a bit too intellectually. Whereas with playwriting, I I kind of try and avoid watching other people's plays. Uh, and and um, I, I'm sort of and I write very quickly. Whereas with comedies, to grind it out, and with, with this, I just just write. It's stream of consciousness, so it comes purely from me. Yeah. Uh, and and I think as a result, that's why the plays have a stronger voice. I sure, think. sure. Yeah. It is. It's that's amazing. I'd like to tell the story about. Um, when you got your fringe first, your first fringe first, <laughs> and we were in assembly rooms, yeah. and uh, of course I would say, right, Henry, you go up there and smile and, you know, see all the right things, and he, <laughs> and he went up and told a story about, um, about what it was like to, he had, he had performed in the assembly rooms, and the last time he had performed, I'm going to let you tell them what you said, yeah, what, I can't believe it. Well, uh, basically, the the first time I came to Edinburgh, I came with Andy, and uh, and we were doing a show. It it actually wasn't the summer; it was at Marco's Leisure Leisure Centre. Okay. Uh, But um, and 
there was a guy on before us, this, this weird guy, and his routine was to strip naked and he would pull a tea trolley on stage <laughs> with a piece of wire, wire attached to his penis and to the trolley. <laughs> and he walks on stage. And what was on his, the trolley? And on the trolley, there was, there was cow's brains on it. There was entrails and... Yeah, and I don't know what... But the thing was, <laughs> as you can imagine, not many people came to see the show. Yes. So I think he was playing regularly to about two or three people a night. And so he, could, he wasn't making any money to replace the entrails. Oh, and it was a God. hot summer. And honestly, this stuff was dangerously <laughs> oh rancid. And to the extent that we were walking into the dressing room where we'd store these props and we were throwing up oh and my the smell. God. It was, it was, Jesus and so Simon Callow So Simon Callow <laughs> is handing you an award <laughs> and what you're you saying say, say something political, you know, say something this is your moment, this is your platform and I went, the first time I came here there was a guy towing a tea trolley on by his penis. Thank you very much, good night. <laughs> what are you lying? And I thought Oh, they don't. Is he a playwright? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to say, but it was that. But it was funny with the first one because you're not sure whether you can do it or not. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if I was a, a bit of an imposter. So yeah. I kind of, you know, got nervous and retreated cert- behind what I knew, which yeah. is comedy. comedy. At that time. You certainly are not an imposter. So not um, at all. Oh, I think we'll finish on a question for you about women in the industry. Have you seen a change in the industry, in the arts industry, for for women, um, and what has that change been? Been uh, well, living with a, a female stand-up comedian. Yeah, I, I mean, I've noticed enormous change. Actually. Yeah, and yeah. my wife actually has played an important part in that. Yeah. I think. I mean, sort of. Um, there was a time twenty years ago when you the, the female comics were just not being recognised mm-hmm. on things like the Perrier Award, as it was mm-hmm. then, or the Edinburgh Comedy Award, as it is, is now. Yeah. Uh, and they went nine years without a single female performer on years. on the list. And nine my years. wife was the first in nine yes. years to get it, yeah. to get nominated. And um, uh, I mean, she is phenomenal, Sarah. Yeah. She, she her phenomenal. shows have been constantly high standard and good. And you know, I mean, she has she been going twenty years then. 18 anyway yeah 20 yeah, God, yeah 20 grief. my God, goodness yeah, no, no. and um, I have to say she was at the Gilded Balloon first and it was lovely yeah. and she got um, Herald Angel Award yeah, she did. which was in the fire and I managed to get yeah. it out and I'm going to find it for you because I've got the little it's just the stump just the, the stump <laughs> stump I don't know. No, you should keep that. That's it. That's it. No, but Sarah, Sarah deserves it. No. Well, she deserves a stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves a whole bunch of charge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she, she's brilliant and constant. You know, she constantly, um, and and her her storytelling now, mm. and I call it oh, storytelling yeah. because it's stand-up storytelling. Mm-hmm. Is at she mm. is one of the stand-ups that I will go to see. Yeah. Even um, if it's at another venue, when, if, if it's <laughs> another, I mean, I don't, I don't go to other venues, but I will go and see Sarah because yeah, she's so brilliant. Yeah, her last show was fabulous, incredible. But, I, but, but yeah, but I mean, but that's that's the, the joy of it, is isn't it? I mean, so like now you would find I will be surprised if there aren't two or three women on the yeah on the, on the list now, list, yeah. and I think uh, that wasn't the case. And 
It was there was some very very sexist reporting in those days. There was a, yes. a, a, a lot of people, a, a lot of journalists who should know better, and some of them working now still, yeah. saying women aren't funny and, and all that sort of stuff. And it was a disgrace because they were yeah. all out there. There's people like you know Lucy Porter, Joe Caulfield, Janie yeah. Godley, mm -hmm. Sarah. There were some fantastic female comics around and and uh they were just not being recognized because of a sexist attitude yeah and and it, it used to drive you know used to drive me and sarah mad you yeah. know seeing that every year you, you'd get there'd be a journalist going going oh let, you know saying, thinking they got this really interesting angle why aren't women funny and, the, and it was just perpetuating mm -hmm. that sexism yeah. and, and uh I'm hoping that's a thing of the past. It's still there in television, and television is, is a disgrace, and it needs a yeah. kick at the backside. These panels, a lot of the panel shows out mm -hmm. there are extremely boisy, and yeah. that, that is to do with, uh, on all levels of television, uh, uh, the, that's to do with the production companies, yeah. that's to do with the bookers, mm -hmm. uh, that's, you know, and that's to do with, with a couple of very big-name uh, production companies who were run by lads. Oh man, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, you and I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. a real sort of male macho yeah. bravado thing, which is still existing in television, and that's got to change. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I've um, put together ideas for te television loads, and um, I put together an all woman. Um, quiz show and put it in they went oh no that's daytime it, it, women is daytime so it's terrible and when they do employ a female guest on a lot of these shows they don't employ a female comic mm -hmm. they'll employ uh, and, and, and she's great I'm not, yeah. not knocking Claudia Winkleman but they'll employ yeah, yeah. you know uh, somebody who isn't there, there yeah. for comedy and it's almost and that is saying well, the female, you know, yeah, the message that is sending out. Like the men do the comedy, and yeah, know, and, and, and that's disgusting, and that's and that needs to change. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and and they've been called out on this uh, of of mm -hmm. the big um, networks, and they haven't acted on it. Yeah, they haven't done anything. About you it, know, yeah. uh, and they need to. Yes, indeed. Uh, but also, just on on a very basic level, on a on a on a business level, mm -hmm. if you're doing if you're doing an art form which is not relevant to 50% of the population. It's a stupid business yeah. decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, 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 you, you know uh, so, uh, forget just the, the societal issue of it. Mm -hmm. You know, where is, the, where is the common sense? I just don't get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, well, but, and it is getting better. Um, we uh, put a, a call out to the television industry people to yes. come on. Yeah. Um, did you did you think it was uh, a good thing? This whole Me Too and you know what's happening now, you know that uh, undoubtedly, mm -hmm. undoubtedly, and I sort of uh, um, you know I think I, I, I find as a bloke I don't know how much I should be saying, mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot of blokes struggling with that. There's a lot of blokes who are massively sympathetic, mm -hmm. but this is about women finding their voice. And so, uh, uh, you know, I think there. Are, I think it's time for the blokes to step back and, and let uh, yeah. the women talk about it. And as you know, the plays I've written, we're all we're all um, attacking violence against women. Against women, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and um, sort of now it's been addressed in society. I think I, I'm sort of think maybe I should step back a bit from that from that 
topic matter sure. and let, let um, uh, women talk about it. So it's fantastic that though that that this is now out in the open. Yeah. You know, uh, and and people who were, were too scared to talk feel that they can talk. Yeah, yeah. And there's people in, within our industry that I think will get exposed uh, mm. and and should be should right, be right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, we know who they are, but it, it's. There's, we, there's not the evidence, mm-hmm. but you yeah. know, you, we we know who, who the you know some of the bad guys are in the yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, gone are the days when um, men will pat us on the head and say, "Yes, on you go." Yes, <laughs> on you go. I wouldn't dare pat you on the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had that metaphorically for many yeah. years. Um, so I just shout louder. <laughs> <laughs> It's been an absolute joy to have you Henry. And uh, long may you write the most brilliant plays that yeah. you do. Oh, bless you. And long may they still be at the Gilded Balloon. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. Try and get me away. I'm going to sort of, you know, squat in one of your rooms. <laughs> yeah. Never leave. Thank you so much. Thank Henry. you so much, Henry. Yeah. See you again. Yeah, thanks, folks. Cheers. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said.